It's just been uh, a real uh, honour for, for myself to be here this week and so from the absolute get-go obviously I want to thank Peter and Claire for asking Susan and I to, to be here and uh, just to play our part this week. I was given the topic from Peter to speak on living a life of legacy. And, uh, you, know, what, you know, what do you wish to re be remembered for? But I've actually got a subtitle. I mean, you know, if Don had about seven titles today, so <laughs> I can have at least a subtitle. Can you all hear me, by the way, okay? Okay. We could. So my subtitle is, Do I Believe God's Promises Are Actually For Me? You know, these days I'm super blessed to speak all over the world about kingdom builders and I'm sure I've shared enough of that with you, lots of people this week and so naturally people think that all I ever do is talk about money and giving and yeah, that's true to a point but you know, it's actually not my focus and in fact I have a saying I say everywhere I go that you know, kingdom builders is all about the money but it's not about the money. It's all about the money but it's not about the money. And I know we're here and we're all in business and, you know, what is, what is business, you know, really all about? And I think people go into their own businesses for numerous reasons, numerous reasons. Uh, you can be your own boss, flexible business hours, choose who you want to work with, etc., etc. But I, I really think the underlying reason that most people are in business is because they believe they can make more money than working for someone else. It's my reason for being in business. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's a lot right with that. There's a lot right with that. And you know, so my point is, so why do so many businesses fail? Or just get by? You know, what, what, is, what is that real reason for that, you know? And so few of us actually live the lifestyle that we went into business for in the first place. And I really believe the reason for so many businesses struggling and failing is because of their lack of why. Now that word's been used a lot this week, so I'm hammering it home again. But it's just, people haven't actually worked out their why. And I, I certainly believe that as Christians, you know, our why for being in business is to be a greater blessing. It's as simple as that, to be a greater blessing. I know in my own, my own business, my own company, I've got these little cards spread around the place everywhere and they just say on them, our mission statement is to create wealth through kingdom principles for kingdom purpose. So again, you can pinch that one if you like. To create wealth through kingdom principles for kingdom purpose. So then in is it all just about making money flat out? Is that what it's all about? Is that what we're here about? Well, no, not really. <laughs> you know, I read a book quite a while back, and I've, I've mentioned this to quite a few this week, called Half Time by Bob Buford. And it's a, it's a fantastic book, and I won't go through the whole surmise of it, but the premise of that book is that it's really saying that our lives should be one of not just success, but significance, living a life of significance, legacy. You know, and so what does, 
What does significance mean to you? I know to me it's about having made a difference in this life rather than how much money did I just make, how many things did I acquire. I want to make a, a difference in this life. And as Christians, I think the most significant thing obviously we can do is play our part in bringing more people to Jesus. So as business people, that means providing the provision for the vision. Provision for the vision. So significance, you know, if you look it up in the, in the uh, dictionary, it talks about it having levels of importance and substance and weight and magnitude and gravity and intention. All those things that is more than money. You know, the Bible makes it quite clear that just going after money isn't what life's all about. As important as it is. As important as it is. But without the whole promise of success in every area of our life, it's actually worthless. It's actually worthless. So this is where as Christians we need to decide, I'm actually going to take God at his word. I know from my wife and I, we came to a point in our life 20 years ago now where we just said, we're either going to believe God's word or we're not. We're either all in or we're all out. And what it comes down to is trusting him. Trusting him and believe that the promises in the Bible weren't just for people in the Bible time. They really weren't. Or, you know, just for the really holy people like Peter and Claire, you know? <laughs> you know, all, that, all those, few cho- those few chosen people, you know, that are obviously more worthy than you or I. Obviously more worthy than you or I. No, the promises of God are for everyone that believes. Everyone that believes. Unfortunately, though, the devil has done a great job at convincing the majority of the church that God's promises don't apply to them. It just has. And as such, they're not living fulfilled, significant lives. This is the very point of this conference. Our maverick thinking, our maverick thinking in this room is what if I believed God's words and his promises are actually for me today? That's pretty maverick. (laughs) Pretty maverick. What What if I can believe that? Because the majority of people don't. They just don't. I want to be, I want to be one of the odd ones out. You know, why not be the odd one out? Let's let's choose that. So I want to I want to start with one of the, for me one of the greatest promises in the Bible, and I think it really sums things up very well. It's my favourite scripture, and it's Matthew six thirty three, and it says, "But seek first, first, the kingdom of God." And his righteousness, and all, again, and all, and all these things will be given unto you. What a great, what a great promise that is, eh? I mean, really, what a great promise. You know, the original content of this verse is actually about money. But what it's really about is a trust issue. It's a trust issue. I, I love how it's. it's said uh, in the message I like to read the message it's a nice simple, simple version I'm a simple man I like the message it's how I read the Bible mainly I know the Bible scholars mightn't think much of it but I love it 
In the message it goes, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Here's the part I like. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. F-O-M-O. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Such a huge thing in today's society, isn't it? Such a huge thing in today's society. When you actually read verse 32 in the New Living Translation, it says, These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. Dominate the thoughts. But your heavenly Father knows all your needs. The world is dominated. That's the word dominated by what they need, what they need. But God here is promising us that he knows what we need. Promising us he knows what we need. You know, this one promise alone is so incredible if you can just actually grasp what God's trying to say here, what he's actually trying to promise. Because he's actually promising you all. All. Now, I don't know about what Bible you read. I told you I read the message, but what Bible you read and maybe some Kiwi Bibles here too, I don't know, but <laughs> there's no fine print in my Bible under all. Yeah. Is, is there a fine print in your Bible under all? No. There's no fine print. All is all. And so even though this topic originally was talking in relation to money, it's actually in relation to all. So I actually want to give you a few questions that I want you to do the rest of this week when you go home. Not now. But I want you to write these questions down for yourself. And if you're here with your spouse, discuss it with your spouse. Number one, what does your all consist of? What does your all consist of? Number two, do you even know what all your dreams and desires are? Because if you don't know, how can you expect God to know? <laughs> Have you been so discouraged that you've just stopped dreaming? You've stopped desiring the things that you need to do? Here's the, here's the third one. This is the, this is the tricky one. Do you even believe that God is the source of all you have? I've used that as an illustration with numbers of you this week about if you believe the source is all. You know, because I believe the source is all. Most people will nod their head as Christians and say, yeah, I believe the source is all. So if your source is the same source as my source and the tap's on full, tap's on full, same source as my source. So how come some people have more than others? Same source. It's, it's we, we, who decide how much we have because God says the source is taps on full. We choose the size of the conduit, the size of the pipe that the blessing is flowing through to choose what is our all. And the last point I want to make is, are you believing, believing to live a life of significance and legacy? So there's four quick questions that I want you to think about. Not now, not now. Leave those alone. We'll talk, you can talk about those much later. You know, I started by making a statement tonight, it's all about the money, but it's not about the money. 
Because truly, what's the point of becoming a millionaire and your wife hates you? Mm -hmm. Not much point. Yeah. What's, what's the point of becoming a millionaire and you don't know your children? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the point of becoming a millionaire and you're so overweight, you're so unfit that you're not even there to be able to enjoy it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because one of my alls is I want to be fit and healthy. Because I've got lots to do. You know, so... Um, you know, God wants us to live a life that others desire. You know, I've talked about this a little bit this week. One of the greatest descriptions of blessing that I, that I love, and um, Pastor Bobby Houston talks about it a lot, is about to be envied by others. You know, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because we think envy is a sin. But it's what it's talking about. It's talking about being attractive to others. <laughs> Living a life, such a life that people say, what is it about your life? We had a neighbour in our street who used to yell across the street, Denton, I want your life. <laughs> like, seriously. I say, Tony, take it down, you know. Like, he, he used to yell across the street. Now, <laughs> it's the truth, it's the absolute truth. But, but would he say that? Would he say that, guys, if I drove a rust bucket car? Would he say that if my, my lawns were a foot long? Would he say that if he could hear me yelling at Susan in the front yard? Would he say that if my kids were smoking dope in the front lawn? Now, I know it's all external, you know, that we, that we drive a nice car and we have a nice house and have a, we, seem, we seem to have a great relationship and we go on nice holidays and our kids are nice in the neighbourhood. But that's actually what people see. That's what people see. That's, the, that's what they're attracted to. They're attracted to. If you were the guy that had the rust bucket car and foot long drive, and then, but all you did was put Christian tracks in their, in their letterboxes, they go, who's this guy? I'm not attracted to that. There's a responsibility that comes with a level of success. Because people are watching you whether you like it or not. And we need to live a life where it really is important that people say, I want that life. Has that given me opportunity to speak to that man? Absolutely. Yeah. Our neighbour, the other side of us, he's, uh, he's been brought up a Muslim guy. The man, the man literally grabs his head and shakes his head. He cannot understand that I travel around the world talking to people about generosity and I don't charge. <laughs> he can't get it around his head. He cannot work it out. What are you doing? We, we, we need to be living a life that is, that is so attractive that we don't know, that people just don't know what is happening and they have to talk to us. We should be believing for the best marriages, hey guys? The best marriage, the strongest marriage, the greatest relationship with our children. I, I, when I first started, you know, understanding that my purpose in life was to finance the kingdom. I used to talk about the things I was doing for my children's children, you know, like it was so far out there because our kids were small when we first started that. But, you know, only in the last 12 weeks, um, we've become grandparents for the first time. And, um, and so, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? So we're actually now getting to see the blessing on our children's children. You know, what I used to say that was almost cliched, we talked about cliches today, now I'm actually seeing it come to fruition. So I ask you again, what does your all consist of? 
I heard Erwin McManus speak at Hillsong Conference only a matter of three weeks ago. And he messed me up. He messed me up. He, he made a statement. He said, God never asks us for more. Sorry, God never gives us more than we ask for. Say that again. God never gives us more than we ask for. I thought, wow, what a, what a challenging statement. And, and for me, that statement just hit me between the eyes because I thought, you know, had I become complacent, you know, was I too comfortable with my level of risk, stroke, faith steps? I, I, I knew that it was time again for me to start to dream bigger again. Sometimes, you know, we think, are we settling for second best? I know, you know, there's, there's, there's two other great promises. In one in Malachi, of course, which talks about blessings beyond our wildest dreams. And Ephesians 3.20 talks about exceedingly above all we can ask, think or imagine. And, you know, those things seem quite out there. But I can tell you in mine and Susan's life, we've experienced that. I've experienced above and beyond, above and beyond, I can ask, think or imagine. You know, I'm asking about, you know, Pete talked about the fact that we've, we've written a million dollar check. There was a time in my life that if I thought I could earn a million dollars, that was ridiculous, ridiculous. And to some of you in the room tonight, you might think, if I could earn a million dollars, that is crazy. What about how much you got to earn to give a million? Yeah. <laughs> I've had some stories and I think I shared it someone here today of, the, of, that, of that came to me today that I was blessed so far above and beyond I could ask you to imagine that was the year we had to give a million dollars. Because if I didn't, I would be silly. God wants to bless you the same. There's actually nothing that special about Susan and I. Susan the special, but not about me. <laughs> Trust me, Susan, Susan is the brain's trust. He said it earlier this week. She is the brain's trust. I'm just the grunt at the front. <laughs> but really, all we did was decide to believe God. We got the same knowledge, the same information that you did. Erwin McManus made a second, he gave a second question, a real poignant one. And he said, I want you to write this one down. Do you have the life you want or the life you got? Ouch, ouch. That one really hurt me. Do you have the life you want or the life you got? Now to some people, you might look at my life and think, what are you complaining about? You've got a pretty awesome life, fairy tale life. Well, you know what? I could, I'm believing for bigger and better and all those things. And so I actually believe there's better to come yet. And so... Currently, yes, I have the life I got, because, as, as you do too, because you made the choices that needs to happen. All I know is that becoming a grandfather just recently has highlighted to me how fast does life go? Yes. How fast does life go? Now, I can look around the room here and there's a few older people in the room, us other ones with grey hairs. How, how, how fast did the last 20 years go? How fast are the 30 years? I've got a 30, we've got a 30 year old child. What is that? <laughs> I can't be that old. I, I can't, seriously, where did the last 20 years go? And for those of you who are young here, 
unless you get serious, the next 20 years also will go real quick. And you'll have the life you got, not maybe not the life you want. We need to make that decision now, what I need to do, what I need to do. I, I, heard, I made a decision well over 20 years ago that I was going to trust God. I also tried to live my life by a saying, I think it's a Zig Ziglar one that says, I'm content with who I am in pursuit of where I want to be. And so we need to be understanding that it's not about our striving again, what I'm trying to tell you about. This is about trusting him, putting him in control, letting him guide us. So 20 years later, I too daily, daily, I too daily have to put God first in my life. I too have to daily trust God and still believe that his promises are for me. Daily, daily. I too have to remember that when I pray, I believe that God knows all my needs. He actually knows all my needs. I actually don't need to tell him all my needs. He knows all my needs. Not only knows all my needs, he knows all the answers to my needs. <laughs> and so I have to be in a position where I'm asking constantly for his will to be done. Not my will. My will is actually small. His will is huge. And so we've got to be asking the Holy Spirit to really guide our steps. And when it comes down to it, God entrusted each of us, here's the scary part, with a free will. <laughs> with a free will. And, and that really is scary, you know. Have a think about that one. You know, life is really just a series of choices. And the consequences for those choices are ultimately where you end up in life and where you are today. And we either choose wisely or we choose stupidly. Our choices determine whether we're moving forwards or backwards. Now, I said earlier I'm a simple man. I'm just a qualified plumber. But the simple maths I know is the more wise choices I make, compared to the dumb choices, I will succeed in life. And so, for starters, I believe you, all of you made a very wise choice to come this week. A very wise choice. Did we ask a lot more people than this, Pete, to come? I know I did. I know I did. But those of you who chose to come, do you think the people who didn't come have missed out? I, I believe so. We, we, make, we make wise choices. And this week there's been lots of knowledge given out, hasn't there? Wow. Lots of, lots of knowledge. You know, Steve there gave us so much knowledge and understanding about how to, to deal with the different personalities and the people we're dealing with. So much there. But it's actually just head knowledge if we don't apply it. And, and so what... What turns that knowledge into wisdom? I'll tell you what it is. It's discipline. It's discipline. And it's that daily choice of applying that knowledge. So I've got a little saying. And this one I didn't pinch from anybody. I made this one up myself. <laughs> well, I think I did. No, I didn't. Discipline is the key that turns knowledge into wisdom.
I'll say that one for you again. Discipline is the key that turns knowledge into wisdom. You know, the Bible makes it very clear. There's lots and lots and lots of scriptures in the Bible, especially Proverbs is pretty well written, the whole thing. It's about going after wisdom, isn't it? Wisdom being the principal thing. Wisdom is, more, is better than wealth. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And all you're getting, get wisdom, get wisdom, get wisdom. So why is that? Why is God making such a point that we need to get wisdom? You know, why is he making such a fuss about that? Because he knows we're not robots. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, when we became Christians, there's not a little flick button. Now Christian, I'm just going to work like a robot. He actually gave us a will to reject him. That's unbelievable. So the, the fact is that you can take Matthew 6.33 and you can love God and you can put him first. And there are lots of Christians out there, unfortunately, who love God and are crying out to him saying, God, why won't you bless me? And he's looking down saying, I'd love to if you stop making the stupid choices. Because <laughs> there's a consequence for every choice we make. And so it's not just about love and God, but it's about getting wisdom in your life. It really is about getting wisdom in your life. And that's why it's a daily choice. Whether you, you know, you, you don't ever attain discipline, do you? You know, so, oh, today, I, today I actually achieved discipline. Well, tomorrow you've got to achieve it again <laughs> and again and again. And same with wisdom. Every day we are faced with a series of choices that we decide, are we making the wise choice or the stupid choice? Now I stand here tonight and I, and I hopefully understand I'm talking to myself probably here more than ever. Susan will tell you I still make lots of dumb choices. Hopefully I'm making more wise ones than dumb ones. But all I want to say is, you know, the world is in a mess. Wow, is the world in a mess. The world's in a mess. And God has challenged us, us here, to play our part. You know, when I get to the end of my days, I don't want it to be just a legacy of things. Nothing wrong with things. Remember, God promises us we can have the things, as long as the things don't have us. Yeah. He just put me first, put me first. But I, when I, when... At the end of my days, I, I want to be that, leave that greater legacy of significance that's been passed on to those that I've had a, the honour of impacting. Not just my children or my children's children, but I want to have an impact, as Peter said this afternoon, that is a global impact. There's a global impact. That's why I travel all over the world, because all I'm looking for is I'm trying to find other Andrews, other Andrews who said, I'm in. Other Andrew and Susan that say, we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. You know, and I'm just proud that we did take up that challenge and, and we decided to be a maverick thinker, to be one of those one percenters. Will you do the things that others won't do? Will you do the things that other, others won't do? I hope you've understood that God wants to bless you. The ball is in your court, though. The ball is in your court. I, I say choose a life of legacy. Choose a life where God is first in every area.
Amen. Praise God. Amen.